Hello, this is the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast, and I'm your host, Jill Weber. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Jill Weber, and I help to lead the Order of the Mustard Seed, and I am here with Steve and Vicki Woods. Um, we're actually meeting together online at a very different time of day. Where, where are you guys from? We are in, uh, in Adelaide in South Australia, and it's uh, a long, yeah, very different time to where you are. <laughs> Early morning for you, for me, mid-afternoon for you. Mid-afternoon uh, for us. Why don't, why, don't you, why don't you just introduce yourselves a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourselves and your context, where you're at. Uh, okay, so I'm Steve, and uh, I am uh, based here in Adelaide, and we together, Vicky and I, um, have pastored churches for a long time and most recently have uh, been exploring over the past few years a, uh, a community ministry, a community mission in our local neighbourhood where we uh, just hang out and pray and uh, make friends and meet people and uh, we do that primarily through the God-given gift of really good coffee uh, and uh, we run a pop-up coffee event every Saturday morning at our local community centre and, uh, yeah, try and live, uh, and be good friends and good neighbours to our to our community and uh, in, the, in all of that, try and uh, share Jesus with people. And I'm Vicky um, and I, um, oh, we, we, we've got three adult kids, should probably say that, um, Tom, Beck and Jake. Um and a gorgeous border colleague called Lucy. Um, I've worked in schools for a long time as a chaplain um, and have a real community feel um, there. So um, I've really enjoyed that and really enjoy our pop-up coffee and getting to know our neighbours and our community. So and starting to have some banter and some fun with them. It's been really good. The magic of really good coffee. <laughs> now, Steve, I can't remember how long I've known you and Vicky, but it's been quite a while. You have been around the 24-7 movement for a long time. Talk to us a little bit about your how you connected with the 24-7 movement, your history in it. Yeah, so we were um, pastoring a church um, in a country location about four hours away from from Adelaide and um, the church had always had a history of praying and wanting to pray more and uh, we'd been there and exploring prayer with that church for a while, didn't quite know where the Lord would take us on that journey but um, two of our young people one day uh, came to me and said, we've just read this book by this guy called Pete Craig and um, um, uh, you need to read this book and we want to run a prayer room and um, I was a pretty... Um, I'm, I really like new things and trying out new things, but they have to be my ideas rather than other people's ideas. And so, <laughs> uh, so I, I was a, a little wary as a senior pastor of a church, um, but I thought, okay, let's give it a go. And uh, so that was back in about 2008 um, and started running a prayer room, started doing some citywide prayer events and uh, uh, pretty quickly things really heated up in our prayer room. We had some really uh, amazing experiences, encounters with God and uh, some significant healings, and lots, of, lots of those sort of things going on. 
Um, and then um, probably a couple of years after that, I started to get really connected with 24-7 prayer movement back in the UK, started to uh, be corresponding regularly, uh, which then started some pilgrimages to visit some gatherings and visit different communities as well. So um, long history with 24-7 um, and uh, really value that relationship. Yeah, you even came in pilgrimage to Canada and visited us in our little prayer community. Yeah, so lots of the pilgrimages Vicky and I have done together. So we've been over to a few gatherings and uh, in the UK and Europe and some Asia gatherings as well. But um, uh, somehow I got lucky enough to come to Canada by myself and uh, spend some time in Vancouver and then with you guys in Hamilton. And uh, that was, uh, I got to go to Vietnam. You went to Austria. You went to Vienna without me. That was I'm not <laughs> jealous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that uh, and that uh, that trip uh, to Canada was very formational, probably for me more than any others in in what I'm doing Shh, now. Don't tell the other ones; they'll be jealous. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. It, it wasn't anything to do with with Canada or the communities. It was just me. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> But it was, it was a great time and uh, God really shaped me in that, uh, as he does with every pilgrimage, every every opportunity to, to visit and see what he's doing around the world. He's, um, he's pretty exciting. Okay. For me, I think um, going to Germany that first year, that first gathering. Frankfurt. It was Frankfurt. And um, I was feeling a bit lost in myself and it was like... Um, you know, being a pastor's wife, being a, a young mum back then, um, coming to a place and just meeting all these people um, who love Jesus and um, praying with each other. I mean, there was We were in groups of three and we'd all be from different countries and all praying in different languages. It was amazing. Um so for me, I came back with lots and lots of new friends, and um, it felt like it felt like my tribe. They felt like my people. So um, that's what I haven't been to Canada. So um, they might feel like my tribe too. But <laughs> but I have met the people there, and they are very nice. Yeah. But yeah, so just the welcoming of um, the people and um, the friendships, the long friendships that we. May. It's been amazing. Wonderful. So sense of finding your tribe oh, and your people and friendships. Absolutely. And, and finding people um, who who pray for you and still pray for you. Um, from you know, <laughs> we may not be able to be together, but we're still praying for each other. Yeah, I think what I love about the 24-7 prayer network and it is it is our our people you know and so uh it doesn't matter who we are or where we are where we come from when we walk into a room together we, we get there, excited there is just something about yeah. being, being with people that you don't have to explain yourself to you don't have to um talk about what you do too much people just uh people just get it so uh, that's pretty cool i remember well, the we came to birmingham and the um But it was a much bigger because um, worship central worship central playing and what 
worship, worship central part of it. And so the first couple of days we were all together, but we couldn't find anyone that we knew. And then the, the last couple of days we walked into this room and it was much smaller and it was just everyone was just saying, you're here, you're here. You're like <laughs> It was like because we couldn't find anyone in the, in the big auditorium. Yeah. So um, it was, yeah, it was amazing just to feel that love and, um, yeah, being able to see those people again. Yeah, lovely. And so your, your journey into the 24-7 movement eventually took you to the Order of the Mustard Seed. Let's talk a little bit about that. Why? Like, what, what drew you to the order? You know, how is it being helpful for you? I think um, uh, it became very obvious early on. We were running monthly prayer days, so 24-hour, uh, 24 ones, 24, uh, once a month. And uh, our church was involved in that, and we had the room set up, and people were booked into uh, prayer slots and everyone was really excited about how much we were praying and we were certainly praying more than we had before but um, when you did the maths on that it meant that um, you know about 20 people were praying one hour a month and it was like oh I guess in a church of a couple of hundred that's actually not all that much <laughs> and so started to really question what how do we how do we make this more permanent. How do we make this a lifestyle? How do we how do we embed um, ongoing prayer into the life of not just our church programs, but into the life of our people? And um, uh, around that time, I was also reading um, uh, Punk Monk by, by Andy Freeman and Pete Gregg. And and one of our trips to um, to the UK, we ended up catching up with Andy for a few hours and had lunch with him and. Just unpacking this whole idea of what would a what would a uh, community that had prayer at its heart uh, look like, and that became more and more attractive. And uh, had studied church history and uh, knew some of those things around uh, Zinzendorf and the Moravians and other prayer communities, the uh, Celtic prayer communities, and um, when. Uh, when there was an opportunity, when the order was being um, re-established and opened up and uh, it was just, for me, it was a no-brainer. This was just, for me, the next step in um, finding a, a, a pattern and a way of life of living, living out those things that had become important to me in a really intentional sort of way. I like that, a pattern and a way of life. That's, that's helpful language. How about you, Vicky? Yeah, I was probably a year or two years after. Year after, a bit more hesitant, really. Yeah, I, I think I just wasn't ready um, at the same time as Steve, um, and um, my life was just yeah, a bit crazy, a bit busy, but um, I just felt like I, it was something I wanted to do, but it was it was the timing. Um, so, yeah, the I think the timing was right. It was a good year um, of preparation. I did. Um, but probably you watching me go through my year yeah. of preparation, something started to draw you in a bit more. Yeah, I was. I was a bit jealous. I think 
catching up with these people online and and stuff and that was something I I really wanted and I think we even talked about well can I jump in now and do it but it it just wasn't it would have been halfway through and it just wasn't right but um so I just waited and you know then being in Birmingham and and seeing um everyone take their vows um and it was just like yep I'm gonna do it (laughs) um so yeah, then I you were my sponsor, Jill. And um yeah, so and then I yeah, I took the year of prep and it was amazing. It was um certainly I feel now more more closer to God and more more focused on um on what we're doing where I'd get easily distracted before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been really good. So. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's interesting bit where you say it helps you to be more focused because it's easy to get distracted, isn't it? I think in our yeah, culture and our lifestyle and the pace of life, it could pull us in a million directions. But if we've already determined a yes in our heart in a particular direction, then it's easier to say no to other things, you know, yeah. so... Yeah. So, so talk to me, both of you. What What are you up to right now? What are you? Um, are there a particular one of your vows or a particular one of your practices that you feel like you're really digging into? God's invited you into to explore, and and what's that been like for you? It's funny. The easy one to say would be hospitality. I think we're working really hard at creating space in our in our neighbourhood for our community. Um, and that's true, we're working on that. Um, I think I'm in a distinct phase of focusing on learning right now. Um, I have a, a job with an international aid organisation and um, there's just so much stuff going on around the world and there's so many crises and uh, let alone uh, this minor pandemic thing that we're all living through um but um learning a whole lot about um working more on the margins with with the poor with marginalized with those who don't have uh easy access to things so there's learning and, and probably justice the two of those things sort of mixed in together there that um i'm becoming more and more uh, justice focused in so much stuff that I do um, uh, and a heart for for people who are voiceless in, in so many ways. So um, I think that's where I'm being drawn into right now. Um, but as, as it is with, with all of those vows and practices, you know, they, they can be so enmeshed and you, sometimes it feels like you're just digging into one and sometimes there's a whole heap of things going on so yeah i think it's quite interesting how a lot of they link together don't they in lots of ways i mean just there you were talking yeah yeah i I think so and i think you know uh, there there's certainly are seasons in my life where it feels like i'm uh, there is one thing that i'm focused on or one of those practices or one of those vows and that could be feel like i need to strengthen that or or it's just the season that we're in but there are times like now where um everything that's happening seems to just interplay with a whole heap of different stuff. I guess that's discipleship, right? <laughs> and uh, 
there's a there's a wholeness about that. And um, again, you know, being able to reflect on on the vows and the practices helps me to think about this this holistic approach to to ministry and to to living out the commands of Jesus. So, yeah. Can you give us an example or tell a story, Steve, around sort of the justice work that you're doing and the learning? Oh, yeah, there's, um, I'll tell you really quickly my favorite story. Just before the pandemic hit, I was in Cambodia <coughs> and I um, uh, was right up in the north of Cambodia near the Thai border and there was um, a, it was an area that the Khmer Rouge was the stronghold in and there were landmines everywhere and there were villages sort of scattered in between these minefields and we were uh, at one village that our, our organisation was working in. And uh, we, we really work hard to uh, lift whole communities out of poverty, not just and not just send aid and not just send money, but but create a fair go for, for people. And we met a lady who, um, who had re- really nothing. She had a, a, three kids and a husband who had some intermittent work as a truck driver and we went... And she joined one of our programs where she learned about agriculture and she learned how to uh, to save money. And she joined a, like a community bank that we had that we had set up and had borrowed a little bit of money from there. She'd been paying into it from some crops that she'd been growing, but um, uh, borrowed some money from there. And she bought some pigs and she bred those pigs. And with, then she sold all the pigs and she bought cows and she bred the cows and. Uh, when we were there, she had 10 cows. She'd recently had 15 um, because she'd, uh, she'd sold five of those cows for 700 US dollars each and was building a family, a new home with that money. Um, and all it took was just a little bit of effort um, to get her on the right track and give her some skills and some relational networks and the ability to save some money. And she's just transformed her life and her family's life and um, I think the lesson I learned out of that was people who are poor, people who are on the margins actually don't want to be poor and don't want to be on the margins and they're actually really resilient and creative and if you give them just a little bit of a boost and a little bit of a, a start, they can do amazing things and that's sort of like a kingdom principle that I'm trying to bring back into our own community really, how do we how do we help people have a little bit of a start that actually enables them to flourish uh, in the way God intended for them? So there's a quick story. Oh, lovely. Thanks, Steve. Vicky, how about you? What's God been inviting you into in terms of your vows or your practices? Yeah. Um, for me, I, I've, I'm near at the end of a, um, of a sabbatical. I've taken some time off of work just to... Um, I was it was to look after myself, but um, I have some um, I have parents who aren't well, um, and so just to be able to spend time with them, um, and I've gone on um, I've taken some time off and gone away on retreats by myself, and um, I think the thing I feeling out of all of this is it's been a real healing time for me. Um, both physically and emotionally, um, and spending the time with my parents has been 
normally it's but it, normally it would be a really hard thing to do um but I'm actually really enjoying so that healing has come I love my parents um but yeah so I haven't always felt that I've wanted to hang out with them if that makes any sense um and then um, just times of reflection and times of just being close to God um, has been really important for me. Um, I um been getting a bit creative and making some um, some face masks, <laughs> um, which never intended to, but just making them for me and Steve. But then... Um, I've started making them and selling them and giving some money towards um, an Afghani appeal. But then also um, for our community on a Saturday morning, I think I've made, um, we have a group of people that come and said, oh, can you make me a mask? And um, so I've been making some masks for the community and they, it just, by us giving, um, giving to them, um, it's brought us closer um, um, because, yeah, there they're are different sort of people that we're hanging out with. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not going to go back. I'm um, sorry. I'm going to go back to work um, for seven weeks and then I've actually um, resigned from my school um, to concentrate on our community Um to be to be the pastor to the you know to be the pastor to the unchurched it's yeah that's probably what I'd call it so um yeah so it's been a real learning journey for me so there's a few little things I'm gonna do along the way but it's been really exciting it's been yeah it's like God's been it's like I had to take this time out for God to speak to me and tell me what he wanted me to do yeah <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah, no, that's good. So it's the whole thing about prayer and um, creating space for God in the midst of our busy lives so that He can direct us into the next. I just want to hear a little bit more about your Saturday mornings. What are you doing? Who are you with? Where are you seeing God at work? So we have this um, tiny little community of our core team who are people that have... Um, uh, had some connection with church over the years and some of them are still connected with um, more traditional church and some aren't. Um, so we meet a couple of times a week. We meet uh, on Sunday afternoon to pray together and to read the scriptures together and we meet, we, uh, we have a guys night every Wednesday night where we get together and just hang out with a bunch of, a bunch of fellas. Um, and then on Saturday mornings we go to our local community centre which is just down the street from our house and um, um, we set up a coffee van and we give away free coffee. The local um, to the local council have given us grants to uh, to pay for the coffee beans and those sort of things. So we give away free coffees and we also give away bread and uh, fruit and veg and other things to our community. So it's a little, like this little free market on a Saturday morning. We have about I don't know fifty or sixty regular people that would come there and grab some bread and grab some other food and. Um, have a coffee and lots of people would start just coming and grabbing something and disappearing. But now most people grab a coffee and hang around for a chat. And so we have a few hours 
at the centre on a on a Saturday morning. It's called Random Acts of Coffee, and um, and it's proper like, coffee. You do you do like oh it is, it oh is yeah. This is not like yeah. Not, not Starbucks. It's not Tim Hortons. It's like you know, proper, <laughs> real coffee that uh, proper Australian people drink. And, uh, so we train we train all our guys as part of our team as baristas and. Um, uh, so we do really good coffee and really good hospitality and uh, just build friendships and pray with people and um, yeah just hang out and it's been it's been a wonderful wonderful thing to step out of organized church a bit and do something uh, on the margins has been very refreshing and we've um we've started inviting um, some of those people around to our place um, for a meal um, and just to get to know them um, without the distractions of a Saturday morning, um, which has been really good. Um, so really good connections there. But also um, I'm going to start volunteering at the, the community centre. Um, there's a group of young mums that come along to coffee and they go to um, a play group there that's, they say, come along and do some stuff at the play group and, um, so I'm going to start doing that. Um, and so, yeah, the connections that we've made there have just, um, yeah, been really good. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, one of the, one of the young mums, um, she was sharing with me about her, her partner's grandma who died, um, like we'd seen them on the Saturday morning and then that, that afternoon he died, so saying, oh, you know, anything we can do, you know, let us know. She just wanted to talk. She just she just wanted to talk, you know. Um, so we're able to follow him up and um, but just being a listening ear to people because they just want someone who cares to yeah. listen. Yeah. So and that's what we do. I have an old guy, his name's Basil, comes on his scooter Um and he's little, you know. He gets there and he's making, you know, looking out for me. Oh, is, is she here? Is he? <laughs> so, um, but because he knows that I'll listen to him. So uh, we're in that busyness of the world, aren't we? Where um, the gift of listening is actually perhaps one of the greatest gifts we can give yeah. people. And so we um, we tell our team all the time, this is our posture. Like uh, we're here to make coffee and we're here to give away bread, but we're first of all here to listen. And so. Uh, we try and ch- train everyone up to do everything so that if anyone immediately gets into a conversation, someone else can go and can take that over. We're also been really inspired, Jill, by uh, what we saw in what I saw in Hamilton of Spaghetti Tuesdays. And um, so we're working on a plan. We're actually having a conversation with our local council about they might even fund some of this. We're starting um, later this year a monthly meal in our street. Um, we're going to call it Front Yard Feast and... Um, um, to, to launch at the council, they're going to give us a grant. They're going to close the street up. We're going to have a street party for just for our uh, hours to, to, to launch that, and um, uh, and then we'll probably do a, yeah do, do it monthly of uh, setting food up in our front yard and inviting all the neighbours and stuff. So just continuing finding ways to create space to to connect and build relationships. So it's good fun. Oh, Most wonderful! Fun, I reckon. So you guys are a husband and wife who are both members of the OMS together. What's that dynamic been like for you as a couple? 
Uh, well, it's good we don't have to talk to each other. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's changed much. Uh, it's interesting though. We, I guess we have a different. You now we uh, we have different rules of life, and we have different ways that we manage those rhythms. And there's some things that we uh, that are part of our rhythms together, and some things that are uh, are separate. So it's. Uh, uh, it's, I think it's the other thing I love about the order is that it's uh, everyone finds their own rule of life with within the vows and practices that suits their their personality and their, their type of person they are. So it's similar but different. And uh, we complement each other. I hope yeah. we complement each other. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's you know. It, to be able to do live some of those practices and some of those ways of life together and some separately is uh, uh, is good. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Yeah, I think that's what we do. I mean, we all, we've got our three vows and we've got our six practices, but then each of us write a personalized customary, right? So we, so what does it look like for me in my context, the place where I am with people in my age and phase of life and what I'm doing and mm. works it out. Yeah. Lovely. Yes, you complement each other. That's right, Vicky. <laughs> Lovely. I'm wondering, can you guys just maybe pray for our listeners before we go? That'd be all right? Sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm doing that. Okay, I'm doing that. <laughs> Jesus, thank you that no matter where we are and no matter who we are, you meet us all individually. And, uh, Lord, I pray for those people listening to this podcast that uh, as they've heard a bit of our very ordinary story, maybe you would stir something in them. Uh, Lord, for those who are members of the order, that you would continue to strengthen them in their vows and encourage them to keep living out the practices and the, uh, the, the way of life that you've called us to. Uh, Lord, for those who are hearing about it maybe for the first time or considering uh, vows of their own, Lord, that you would lead them and guide them, give them real wisdom and discernment around what you're asking them and what you're inviting them into. Thank you, Lord, that you've been part of this conversation and we pray that uh, even though we've been talking, people have heard your voice. We ask it in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast. For more information about the order, you can find us at orderofthemustardseed.com or on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. May God grant us grace as we follow his invitations to be true and to be kind and to go. Go.